0: Welcome to Islanders Anxiety, the podcast from Lighthouse Hockey. My name is Dan Saracini, and joining me this evening via Skype is my friend Michael Leboff. and Mike. The Islanders did it. They swept the Pittsburgh Penguins and now they await their next opponents and the Hurricanes and Capitals are now tied. So all we got to do is sit and wait some more and you know, we talked about the two best days of the of the hockey fan season being the, the two days like just before the playoffs start, but I got to tell you the the days after your team sweeps their first round opponent and then has to sit around and wait for another opponent. Might actually be better because I have no idea what to do with myself. This is a they very are, strange feeling.
1: They are better. I I I woke up on uh I, on, I guess today. Today's Thursday, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I uh, I woke up today and and I was mad at myself for for not making more of yesterday. You know to <laughs> you know going out and taking care of whatever I needed to because, uh yeah like I don't have to worry about the Islanders for a couple more days and and I want to make sure I. I relish that feeling as much as possible because um, it's it's bar none. It's just that was the first thing like I really thought about. I was at I was at off the wagon, that whole thing with the, we. Were, I was originally going offside with my friends and uh, they had that flood or, in their basement or whatever. And, oh geez, I yeah, i just
0: heard about that. Oh, boy. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's pretty crazy. <laughs> we could talk about it a little bit, but uh, <laughs> yeah. So as as soon as we were leaving, we were like the best part of this thing, like sure, like getting to the second round is the best part, obviously, but the the biggest perk of this all is. We have like a week yeah. of not – in in the middle of the NHL, we have a week to just
0: <laughs> – Yeah, to just yeah. enjoy it. I'm actually looking at – I'm on hockeyreference.com right now, and I was just curious, like when when the Islanders beat the Panthers uh, and then moved on to the, uh, the second round against the Lightning, I was like, J- I don't remember how many days off there were in between, but it was three apparently. They beat the Panthers in game six on April 24th and then game one against the Lightning, which the Islanders won, by the way, 5-3. Uh, was on April twenty seventh. So yeah, this is a very weird feeling. I'm, you know, I don't, I'm not going to go back and look at the uh, the dynasty Islanders and how many years, how many sweeps they had, and how long they had to sit around and wait. But that was a different era too. I don't think they probably sat around and waited nearly as long as these Islanders are. But hey, when you get a sweep, that's what happens, you know. And and I, you know, we talked, and I don't think any of us really thought that even after they won thir- the third game, I, I think we all we both kind of felt that the Penguins would win game four or at least come out and play better. Uh, I'm not sure if we thought that the Islanders would sweep. We said it would be great, but we didn't think it would happen. Um, but, uh, you know, the Penguins actually did play better in game four. You could argue that it was the first game, the only game in the series they actually showed up for. Um, but it didn't really matter. They uh, Jake Gensel had a goal 35 seconds in. His first point of the series, Sidney Crosby's first point of the series on an assist, only point of the series on an assist. Um, but two minutes later, Jordan Eberle did what he's been doing, which is scoring early right after the Penguins score. And then Brock Nelson uh, made a 2-1 Islanders at about the 18-minute mark of the first period. And it would stay that way for a long time. The Islanders had a really bad second period. The uh, the Penguins kind of turned it up, and they outshot the Islanders 14-10. to But the Islanders, you know, in looking at the stats, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about this later, Like, I thought the Islanders played kind of a bad game, but also... The Penguins played a better game. And it turns out, in looking at the stats, there was a still a very, very Islanders game. They controlled the, uh, the high danger chances for the most part. They controlled uh, the front of the net. The Penguins, you know, didn't really, uh, they had the overall shot, uh, you know, weighed, weighted towards them, but the Islanders did what they did. And Robin Leonard was outstanding. And it was 2 1 uh, with about a minute to go. The Penguins put out their, they pulled Matt Murray, they put out their best guys, and Butch and Brendan are like, if you needed a goal, these are the six guys you would need on the ice. It's Crosby, Malkin, Kessel, Getzel, Letang, Schultz. These are the guys. And in about a second, the puck was loose, Josh Bailey jumped on it, and he scored a 180-foot empty net goal, and the series was over. And it was a very, very weird feeling, and I scared my wife half to death because I jumped up and yelled on the couch, and she was like asleep. And um, yeah, they they did it, and <laughs> it, it, I I still have no idea how to react to it because it's still kind of like it, almost I don't know surreal. Like it's just a very weird feeling. It
1: is surreal. What ended up happening was yeah, I, I was kind of stuck in between. Like I I was in the city for work and. Um, I was trying to figure out if I was going to go home or not for the game and the train, if if I would make a train to get home in time and it just wasn't going to happen. So I made plans with a couple of buddies to go to offside and we got there and they just basically were asking people to leave just because <laughs> there was a flood in the, there was a flood in the basement. And the guy was like, they're taking they're going to take good care of you at off the wagon, mm-hmm. um, which is down by like Cafe What on, uh, on McDougal Street. So like I don't in, know where that is. Yeah, in, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is funny because when I used to work at MLB, I used to work nights, and once once in a while I would go to Cafe Y after the Sunday night shift with my buddy Cody, and uh, we just would go listen to music. And the next thing we know, it'd be like six in the morning. But uh, we, you know, we're there, and um, the atmosphere was was awesome, obviously. And then that Bailey goal was just, I mean, it was bedlam. And then then you like as as that final whistle blew and like or the horn blew, you just the look around the place. Everybody was had the same shocked elated look on, like if it's as, like, as if everyone saw a ghost but it was a ghost of like the, their favorite person that ever died <laughs> like that, that kind of look you know like they were still shocked right. but it was just pure joy and the hu- like people were just hugging I, I just like you, you the amount of people that I've hugged over this these four games it's just now got to be closer to triple digits <laughs> and uh and and, and I w- it was great that it was Bailey again and uh, I I don't even know like what this guy like is gonna be like or, or you know how he, how Josh Bailey got to be this guy like but he is just becoming like the coolest Islander ever and I'm so happy it was him who scored that goal and um you know that 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 video of the the little kid singing his song has made its way around the internet and it's just like I love that Josh Bailey's name is now like starting to become a a positive thing for basically everybody like not just Islander fans but around the league Cause he, he's just done things the right way. And it's like, Oh God, I just love the guy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I thought, I thought the penguins were good. I, I mean, Sidney Crosby, like if you separate yourself, if you, I'm sure a lot of people listening have that game DVR'd, if you watch that game again, which I'm sure you're going to do, cause we have a bunch of days still to go. <laughs> I mean, Sidney Crosby was a monster yeah. in that game. I, just
0: everything. yeah. I was telling a friend of mine today that, um, you know, in watching him, he was a monster and you know, he was all over the place and after a while, it, it made me start to think of him. It, it was almost like a game we had seen countless times during the Islanders' John Tavares' era where you know Tavares was, and again, separate yourself and turn the hatred off for a second. But like there were games where Tavares was a, a man possessed, and he was just out there trying to like literally will his team by his by himself to victory, and they would lose because the rest of the guys weren't really doing much. And, you know, yeah, you can look at it as, well, Sidney Crosby hits a post and if he doesn't, then the Islanders are tied or they lose the game or whatever. And yeah, I guess that's that's true, but at the same time, this is hockey and those things happen. Um, you know, Getzel again waited three games to to score a goal. Uh they had this Dominic Simone up on I think that line. No, they put Jared McCann on that line and you know McCann had a pretty quiet series, but apparently he was hurt. Uh, uh, thanks for a check from Nikolai Kuliman. that, oh, not not Nikolai. Geez. Nikolai um, <laughs> uh Leo Komarov that nobody remembers hurt McCann, um, and so he he was in one hundred percent. He missed game two, um, but yeah, like Crosby was out there doing everything he could, man. And I know we all we all hate the guy and all, but like that's what captains kind of do sometimes. But unfortunately, this is hockey, and there's twenty other guys on the team, and they didn't do much. Uh, Evgeny Malkin's tweet uh, quotes after the series were really depressing. I felt bad. <laughs> like he's just—he's just, he's, it's just yeah. an, unbelievable. He's just like, maybe we don't have enough uh, to win. No, nobody wants to respect Penguins anymore. Now they just beat us, and that's it. It's like, dude, nobody's given the respect to the Islanders for thirty years. Are you kidding me? If anything, they res- <laughs> people respect you guys too much, you know. But it was—he had a very very quiet series. I thought. Kessel had a very quiet series after that first game. I didn't think he was very good at all. And, uh, you know, the, the penguins defense was, yeah, four guys that were actively hurting them. And, you know, maybe Justin Schultz was the only guy who was pretty good. And so when you're, when your best (laughs) players are like Justin Schultz, Erica Branson, and, um, you know, Matt Cullen, I think you're in trouble, you know, basically. So, uh, yeah. Yeah.
1: They, uh, I think, you know, what's funny is we, we had been clamoring, uh, for, for months. I mean, since basically the trade deadline, when, when it was pretty evident, the Islanders were going to make the playoffs and they were going to either play the, uh, hurricanes or penguins in, in all likelihood. And we, we wanted to play the penguins. Um, and then we finally got to that, to that point. And then we're like, Oh shit. Like, <laughs> now we got to play the penguins. <laughs> oh my God. We got to play Sidney Crosby yeah. and getting back now and, um, you kind of saw why. Like, I mean, it made sense because the Penguins play a high-risk, high-reward game, and if you're going to do that against a team like the Islanders, they're going to they're going to make you pay for your mistakes, and they they did twice. And that's all I needed to do, thanks to like the absolute warlock and goal that they have. Uh, the The Islanders were able to, to. I I wouldn't. I don't think the, the they played. I was. I thought maybe game one was the Islanders' worst game. Uh, Game four is definitely their second worst, but two and three were – they were were just awesome. Yeah, absolutely. But but, I mean if if you're going to win a a best of seven series, there's going to be one game where you chalk up to goaltending uh, and that was what game four was. I mean Robin Leonard was unbelievable in that game. And once again, he didn't really make a standout like you know, five star glove whipping save, but he made several really, really good saves, especially down low. Obviously, Scott Mayfield probably had to save of the game. <laughs> yeah, but, but like Leonard was just so good and such a calming presence back there on, on goal mouse scrambles. I think, like of of any Islander goalie, I, I remember when Kevin Poulin was playing, and and there would be like. A rebound and, you know, a little bit of a scramble in front of the net. No matter what, that puck ended up in the back of the net. And I was always like, he's got to be the worst goalie at trying to come out of a chaotic scramble with the puck in in his glove. And I think Leonard might be the best I've, I've seen as an Islander. He is just – he's in control. He's big. He uses his body very well. Um And he gets – and he just – when he has the opportunity to kill a play, he does it. And uh the Islanders, for, we we all owe him that win, I think. It's pretty fair to say. Uh, I thought he, he he was just, like, stupendous because I actually thought the defense was, was a little off. A lot of that has to do with the fact that Boychuk right. left injured. Um, but, like, you know, I didn't think Devon was all that great in, in game four. But uh, And and Pellic made a couple mistakes, and Ryan Pulak was all right. But Robin Leonard was there. And, I mean, people keep saying, oh, he's going to regress. He's going to regress. But, yes, he's not going to play, you know, 95 percent say he's not gonna have a 95 save percentage throughout the playoffs but i mean usually if you're getting good goaltending like you're you're in a good spot and you we can't just you can't just say like this guy at some you know at some point he's just not going to be playing well it's not fair to him and it's not fair to to like any like to your readers or whatever like he's locked in he's playing well and the team is playing obviously playing a game that suits him Otherwise, he wouldn't be have a you know 50 game sample at this point where he's played very well. Um, so I think people not giving credit to Leonard for his performance is a little unfair, because uh, the dude was just out of this world in Game Four. Uh, maybe like the most important goaltending performance I've ever <laughs> seen is from a you know when you think about the game and the stakes uh, from an Islander goalie in my lifetime.
0: Yeah, no, it was he. He was really, really good, and and you know the thing about it too, you bring up a good point, like the kind of diminishing of of what he's done. You know, it's not like the Islanders give up a ton of shots either. Like, you know, if it, they used to diminish Marty Brodeur's accomplishments because like, wow, the Devils don't give up twenty shots a game, like they give up less than that. So of course anybody could do that, and it's like, yeah, but the guy still has to stop a lot of those shots. You know, um, the Rangers gave up a ton of shots, and you know everybody loves. Henrik Lundqvist and he's he's great don't get me wrong I mean he isn't that great anymore but like it, it it's you, there's this kind of like idea that it's almost like people kind of want to get ahead of the the train coming off the track as opposed to kind of enjoying what's going on right now and Leonard like the rest of the Islanders is never going to get the kind of credit that that they deserve and we'll talk a lot about that in the second half but um, yeah, no, he he was outstanding, and he was where the Islanders needed to be. And he's very calm. You know, I remember when when the Islanders acquired Yaroslav Halak, we were like, wow, he's so calm in the net. Like he's a total departure from Rick DiPietro, who was like, you know, literally a fish out of water. Like he was scrambling all over the place, and you know, sometimes he would make a spectacular save, and a lot of times the goal would the puck would you know bounce off of his ass into the net, and it was like that's the kind of thing you had to live with. And so then, then the Islanders got Thomas Grice and was like, Wow, this guy's this guy's even calmer than Halak is. I mean, you could argue that Leonard is even more calm than even Grice is. At least at least on the ice. Uh, off the ice it's pretty clear that, that Leonard is still a pretty pretty fiery guy. He got into he got uh, into it with uh, Patrick Hornquist, a little sweet on sweet action there. Was, you know, and then they were all like huggy afterwards, so I don't know what the what the deal was. Hornquist, I hate anyway, but uh yeah, no, he, they're they're not here without Robin Leonard for sure, and he's um he's really just you know he again we we talk about this and we talked about this now for a bunch of weeks like he just seems to really appreciate this team and really appreciate where they are and want to make the most of this moment and like he's got he's in the playoffs now and he's doing this thing and he's just he was really just locked in and yeah definitely Scott Mayfield's uh, leg save on uh, somebody there at the end I forget who. Was, was, was pretty Kessel. remarkable. I think it was Kessler, yeah, but it was pretty remarkable. Um, but, you know, this is the kind of goaltending you need to get in the playoffs. Yep. And, you know, let's not forget, like, we've seen some goalies literally drag teams that were a little bit deficient to Stanley Cup Finals. Again, at the aforementioned Marty Brodeur in his last gasp as a New Jersey Devil took a you know an okay Devils team to the Stanley Cup Finals. Like, he was out of his mind that year. Um, I'm not saying the Islanders are ticketed to the finals, but I'm saying like, if you get a goalie who's on a streak like this, man, you gotta, you gotta keep it going (laughs) as long as you can.
1: And they're part of the team. Like when you talk about the New York Islanders, you're not just talking about the 18 players in front of the goalie. You're also talking about the goalie, like the goalie counts towards the team. And, and I know it's hard, they're they're hard to project, but, and, and Leonard, especially because he, you know, he wasn't very good in the past two years. But, you know, there's got to be something to be said that maybe now we're starting to see what this guy's true talent level is because his mind is clear, because he's healthy, like because he's he's like he's figured things out off the ice, which really, really had had a huge effect on on him. Like this maybe this is who Robin Leonard is. He people forget like when this when he first was coming up with the senators and even when the Sabres acquired him, he was well thought of like this is a, a, you know, a goalie who's about to blossom into a, a very good NHL goaltender and then uh you know like you said, like things just didn't weren't working out for him off the ice and, and he was, you know, dealing with some serious illnesses and and he battled them, beat them, and now his is is on the other side of that fence so he mm-hmm. can play he can do his job better. And so he's and that's what he's doing. And uh it's it's actually a shame that that um people aren't, you know, making uh a bigger I don't and I know he's and the team probably wouldn't appreciate, but like this, this is, and and I'm sure when, you know, the NHL award ceremony comes around and, you know, all the people who, who aren't talking about how great Robin Leonard is right now, will start, you know, getting on their soapbox. But the fact that the, the, his game four performance, sh- uh, should have been, you know, just blown out of proportion just because of the type of guy. And, and there still are people that probably don't know his story. Like this is when casual sports fans start to pay attention to hockey a little bit in the playoffs. and. Uh, you, you know, oh, this guy's, this guy's story deserves as much attention as it possibly can get. Um, yeah. and it, it, didn't after that night, uh, as, as it was all right though. I mean, seeing him, <laughs> seeing him, seeing Val Terry Philpola hug him uh, at the end, yeah. at the end of the game, just being like, Oh, and the crazy thing is uh, I found out when I was reading, I think it was either Andrew Gross or Arthur Staples, like story about the veteran presence of the team. Um, Val has been in the NHL for 13 seasons. And he's this is this is thirteenth. He's made the playoffs twelve times. Yeah, I
0: had no idea. That is, Do you believe that?
1: <laughs> unbelievable. And it goes to show you, like, all right, we, we this guy definitely is a bottom six forward. He's probably at this point, uh, you know, even that at that level, like that, maybe even asking like a lot of him, depending on the system he's playing in. But he's obviously got something because he's smart and he's got hands. And if you have, and he's got just enough speed. He's not, um, he's not fast, but he's got just enough speed that he makes it all work to, to make himself, a, you know, a, a winner. And, uh, yeah. geez. Uh, so like it, I, it didn't, it wasn't <laughs> yeah, awesome didn't to me that, that those either. were the two first, that those were the two first guys on the TV after the Islanders made the playoffs. It was like, I was like, can you imagine a year ago? Someone saying like, <laughs> no, don't <laughs> worry. Valtteri Filippo and Robin Leonard will be celebrating a first round sweep for you guys, uh, <laughs> over the penguins.
0: Yeah, no, I definitely couldn't. I, I didn't know that either. And but I think it's more than just how he plays, too. I think he just knows how to. I mean, and this is a cliche from a lot of stories we've read all year. Like he just kind of knows how how to carry himself throughout the season, and not like you know, you know. We we've heard all these things before, like well, we don't get too high, don't get too low. But I think he really does sort of carry himself like a guy who expects to be in the playoffs, you know. And I guess that was I think the one year he was with Philly, he missed right, or maybe it was one of his. Tampa it was Bay last. Years, it but, was
1: last year. He no last year so he was made with it. Philly. Sorry, yeah. yeah, last year he made it. It was the year. He got traded from Tampa Bay to Philly, which was I think the right. year before last. Um, yeah, okay, and and it was very. I remember that trade going down. I'm like, that is. I didn't know Valtteri Filippo was even still in the league, but uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I and, and I think you hit it on the head. And, and you saw that in that in that hockey hug at the end of the game was. You know, I when I when I looked up from from you know where I was sitting in the bar, I expected the Islanders to kind of be going nuts, and mm. there was Filippo and there was Leonard, and it looked like they had just beat the Penguins in February, and that was it. <laughs> you know, it was yeah, like, no, there it wasn't. Was, there wasn't was overstated nothing, yeah. at all. And it was nice. And
0: even Barry Trotz was like, you know, they've been businesslike all season long. And, you know, they celebrated for a few minutes. And then, you know, okay, that's cool. Now we got to wait and see who comes up next. So, yeah, no, um, it's it's funny, though, uh, uh, talking about uh, casual hockey fans. Uh, Let's take a break right now and and hear from our sponsors. And then uh, we're going to talk about a pretty famous casual hockey fan right after that.
1: I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg.
0: So uh, speaking of casual hockey fans, uh, we here in New York have uh, the sports pope, Mike Francesa, who uh, is obviously, again, back on WFAN and and his uh, app. And so he had Lou Lamorello on today to talk about the Islanders and uh, what they're doing. And uh, Mike uh, uh, betrayed uh, zero to uh, very little knowledge of what what has actually been going on. Uh, But my favorite part was when he mentioned robin Leonard, but he didn't talk about Leonard. he didn't mention his name at all he was like uh lou uh talk about the goalie he's got an incredible story i didn't know anything about it until somebody just told me uh the kid's got a great season talk about the goalie for me will you and then he just let lou do his thing so the kid by the way is like 27 years old and the kid's story came out uh in the athletic in september so good on you mike for for uh hearing all that, but it was, it was a good interview. And and I mean, you know, Lou Lou's mastered the art of speaking and saying a lot without actually telling you anything. Um, but I really thought it was interesting. And he talked about, you know, with NASA Coliseum, how it was, the energy was great and the fans were great, but at the end of the day, it's not really an NHL arena and the new arena is going to be where they, they, you know, hope to play and it's going to be beautiful. You know, had he had a chance to play at the Coliseum, the players had their, their choice, they would prefer to play at the Coliseum, but it doesn't really work that way. Um, but if you can, if you can check it out, there was a link today we had in the bits. You should, you should check it out for sure. But I just loved how we kept talking about the goalie, yeah, and without mentioning so, Robin Leonard's name. So I,
1: I had, uh, I known he was, he was going to be having Lou on. So I, I said, sent, Mike some notes. Uh, hmm. I texted him, and and I said, and I, it's funny that he didn't say his name. I, I, I haven't listened to the clip yet. But I, I sent him Robin Leonard and then I parenthesized and I put the – how to pronounce it. And I'm uh,
0: So we didn't get a Butch Goring Robin Leonard situation? Yeah, yeah exactly.
1: <laughs> well, I mean it took me forever to stop calling him Lehner. And uh, so, uh, yeah, when I sent it to him uh, – he just said, you know, he did his, his usual thing. Thanks. He was also in, very busy in in, in radio warland with with Michael oh, K. Oh right, yeah, so, Michael K. So yeah. uh, you know,
0: actually, Lou was on Michael K. Also, I have not listened to that one yet.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah let's not went, so. don't get, don't listen to it. We don't want to give Mike Mike the boost in ratings. <laughs> We're, we gotta get we gotta get Francesa back. Uh, you know, back Sorry. on top. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I mean, Mike, I, I, this is you know, I'm not, I'm not even trying to you know toot my own horn, but like when Mike when the Islanders uh got off to a good start. Uh, and they were going to the Coliseum. I, you know, talked t- talk to him and I was like, you know, if you want to go to the first game, we can. And I can't remember exactly what it was, um, what his response was when I said they were doing really well. And it was like, great. But he said, uh, he said, Lou, <laughs> that was it. And then and then a couple weeks ago when I, I texted him that they clinched and he said he he texted me back. Great work. So, Mike, you know, I guess he he knows it's a whole it's yeah. a whole, you know, it's everybody. It's the fans and and Lou and. Right. That's about it. That's that's all he knows about the Islanders. Yeah. But
0: <laughs> but that that's all you really need to know though because I I think that you know it, it this is uh this whole thing has just been like such a wild ride that we have we have enjoyed it. Like we've we have sat here and this has been easily the most enjoyable season of this podcast that we've done because we had good stuff to talk about. It wasn't all smooth sailing, but That's okay, but I mean the Islanders right now are in the second round of the playoffs and are like literally waiting for a week to find out who they play. I mean, I I don't want to say I don't want this to sound defeatist because I obviously hope that the ride continues, but like, isn't the rest of this just kind of gravy at this point? (laughs) Like when you've when you've had 103 points and you're in the second round of the and you sweep your way into the second round of the playoffs, like that's a successful season. I mean, nobody expected the Islanders to be here, and it has been a great. Ride And it's been a ton of fun. And for us, you know, every day is a party. I mean, you know, we talked about game two at the Coliseum being a party like we talked about, you know, other games this season being a party. And that sort of feeling hasn't yet permeated out to the larger hockey uh, world of fans. And I thought the best my favorite actually thing about the, uh, the the sweep and my favorite quote to come out of that fourth game came from Matt Martin. And uh, this is from Brian Compton's Twitter. Martin said, we believe in ourselves. We pretty well just have our fan base and our families and this group that believe in us. That's all we need. We really don't need anyone else's validation. And I was like, I almost was in tears. Like, that's beautiful. That's a beautiful <laughs> thing to say from, you know, uh, a pretty sharp dude in Matt Martin. And I was just like, yeah, man, you're right. Like, this is all we need. Just, we don't need other people's validation or or, like, you know, consent or praise or whatever like it's just this is this is the team right now like just enjoy it like just have fun and i'm as guilty as anybody of doing this i mean last week i was saying i went looking for you know what hockey other people were saying after the islanders took a three nothing lead and found nothing and was disappointed by it and so i need to remind myself of this too but like we should all heed the very sage words of matt martin it's like we don't need anybody's validation this yeah. is us yeah know? i did I, I did
1: kind of a similar thing uh afterwards after the sweep and went right to on the train, and I went to Darren Drager's Twitter and saw that he wasn't, he wasn't talking about a great story, but, uh, no. yeah, I, I, you're right. I mean, and we, we do it all the time, but I think that the thing I, you know, want the, the point you should drive home is that there isn't a fan base. There isn't a sports fan in the world that wouldn't trade places with Islander fans right now. I don't th- like this is right. the reason that these people are all upset is because the Islanders are defying the odds. And and that's like, you know, you're having a magical season when, People who are prognosticators and pundits and get paid to make predictions are are getting upset at the fan base for for giving them flack because they got it wrong. Like that's how that's a mark of a season <laughs> that has gone exceedingly well. Like there there is this is I, I can't even begin to tell you how many people have texted me and and like you know we talked I've talked to on Twitter like this is the best season ever and it is and this the fact of where we started the season you know. Uh, back in I would honestly go back to like last January I know someone in the comments last week had put like our show titles uh, from start mm. from that and I think that's a good <laughs> barometer because that's you know that's when we b- basically knew that last year's season was basically over and all f- focus went to the off season, and and you know making sure that they, they had locked down uh, one of their most important players and if you go for from that to now uh, it isn't it it is impossible for this moment to get lost on Islander fans just because they know exactly where they were like in, in terms of being at rock bottom, like that was complete rock bottom in July. It was, we, there was a long, it was a long summer of just living in rock bottom. And then, you know, even like the first week or two of the season when the team was winning, but like, you're like, all right, this isn't gonna, it's not gonna last. Like, sure. That wasn't rock bottom anymore. Like it started to climb, but we can all remember that feeling and that's why none, no, none of us and and I honestly say this with 100% confidence that there's no Islander fan who is not just savoring every second of this even and you said perfectly right off from the jump like even these days off we're all just like this is unbelievable the way this feels right now there's just the, right. I could I want to trade this like think think of all the shitty seasons as if, if they all they all <laughs> you know came to pass to get me to feel like this way like if they were worth it right now like, I, I don't I don't care that like, yeah. th- like I, I'm i laughing about those seasons right now and I'm laughing about the way I felt in an empty Coliseum you know in 2009 or whatever <laughs> and watching a terrible team play and wondering if that's ever going to be worth it and now I'm like it, it's worth it right now
0: yeah I, it occurred to me actually walking home yesterday and kind of thinking about all of the the, the sweep and and what what I really thought about it and so something occurred to me that I had never thought of before and like, you know, p- part of part of what makes this show fun is <laughs> you and I have an encyclopedic knowledge of the failures of previous Islander seasons going back to, you know, the late 80s early 90s and so we can talk about these things and and you know, that that's part of what fandom is all about, it's kind of never forgetting and never forgiving. But like at this point again, you know, we've we've got an 82 game season. We've now had a pl- a playoff round, although it is a four game playoff round it's the best kind of playoff round as long as you're on the right side of it. Um but like at this point we've crea- we're creating a a sample size or a data set that we don't need to go beyond to kind of think you know predict what's going to happen with the Islanders in the future because we don't need to you know th- these are the Barry Trotz Islanders. These are the Lou Lamorello Islanders. We don't need to you know a lot of this season has been about kind of saying, well, you know, they'll lose that game. The Islanders always lose that game. Well, and then they win it. And so it's like, oh, well, they won. That's pretty cool. How many records have fallen? How many droughts? How many hexes have all fallen by the wayside this season that the Islanders have finally broken? I mean, Brendan Burke had a tweet like, hopefully one day we can stop talking about the Islanders doing this first thing in X amount of years because this is the team now. And so we don't have to be like, well, you know, under under Doug Waite they totally would have lost that game because Doug Waite's gone like we don't have to worry about him anymore we don't have to worry about Jack Capuano or Steve Sterling or Mike Milbury or whatever like these are the Islanders and so we can go back and be like this is how they performed in this situation because we've seen them perform in that situation and that data set is only going to get bigger as as time goes on but we've already got plenty of time now I was thinking about that that road trip to Dallas and Phoenix and or excuse me uh Colorado Glendale uh, Vegas and Dallas, that team basically says that was where the whole defensive idea kind of coalesced. I mean, that that is a, a road trip that the Islanders lose three out of four of every single year for the past 15 years. But this, not this year. They didn't do that. You know, the game four against the Penguins is a game that they lose in any situation. Yep. Going back. Think about how many there. times.
1: Ed, so just think about game four. The Islanders were up two one forever. Just think about you, you, hmm. me, everybody right. listening yeah. to this podcast knows exactly how it would feel if the <laughs> Penguins would, would score that goal. Like you can, you, you can feel it You right now. You probably can feel it in your stomach. You can feel just the overall disappointment that that goal would have caused because it's happened, what, six to seven million times in our lifetime. And this team, it hmm. didn't happen to them.
0: It's amazing. They're really rewriting a lot of what has gone before it and. We, as Islanders fans, appreciate that. We talked about that a lot. Like, you know, you had to have watched this team over the last couple of years to truly appreciate where they have gotten to. And a lot of people, quite frankly, didn't. And that's fine. I mean, we didn't expect them to. But, you know, they're just the other thing, too, is like they're never going to get that kind of recognition. They're never going to have that kind of respect. It's just it's it's not going to happen. And I was thinking about this today. Like, it, it, think of NHL teams as like basic cable channels, you know, like some certain channels. Everybody knows and everybody has, like Food Network or HGTV or uh, Discovery Channel or CNN. Like everybody knows these channels, everybody watches them. They they don't even feel like cable channels anymore because everybody has them. And then some teams are like those channels, way 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 down at the bottom of the list that maybe you kind of watch every once in a while, or maybe you have a friend that watches, but nobody really pays attention to, like you know Boomerang or BET Two or MTV Three or like these kinds of channels. That's the Islanders. Like the Islanders are basically like Boomerang. Or or, you know, uh, cooking channel. Like it's I have cooking channel? Yeah, sure, here they are. Oh, yeah, I watch this once or twice and then that's it. Like that's kind of what they are. They're never going to be Food Network. <laughs> They're gonna be cooking channel. It's just kind of this off-brand, kind of weird, you know, offshoot of what the main channel is. And so, you know, that's just kind of how it is. And so we have to appreciate them for what they are and what they've been this season. And Uh, Carrie, our friend, uh, had a, had a pretty good thread about this uh, on Twitter the other day. And basically like, you know, it's the team has flaws, but at the same time, like this is a great story. Like you can, people can say like, you know, maybe they're not that good, but they can still appreciate the story for what it is and not diminish them, which is what a lot of, you know, Twitter personalities are doing. And that's kind of sad. And so I guess, you know, what I'm trying to say is you can tweet at, Ryan Lambert and Dom from the Athletic, all you want, you're not going to change their minds. Like you know, they we've been berating these people for years. People have been berating these people for years to take the Islanders seriously, and they have not, and they never will. So just enjoy your time off. Enjoy your team being in the second round of the playoffs because this is. And again, I'm I don't want to sound like a hypocrite because I do this too. But like we need to really appreciate this team for what it is and what this era is because we don't need to worry about. Previous failures and previous eras because they're, they're dead. They're gone. Yeah. Now we, this is the sample now.
1: It's, uh, <laughs> it's wild. And, and I think, you know, those, uh, the fact that, that people are getting in, into these little like Twitter beefs and, Whatever is because you know well, we got just too much time on our hands. We got nine more days or so until so, so we got to play another yeah. hockey game.
0: So uh you know they're just. I mean, shit. Matt Martin and Casey Ezekis are at a Nets playoff game tonight. Do that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jump on train. Check out the Nets. They're in the playoffs too. So there you go. The uh, anyway.
1: yeah the, the <laughs> I just I just think it's great. I mean I I I it, they're just it's just not even worth getting into. Uh, and and like I said like I uh, I do the same thing and. Uh, immediately yesterday, I like tweeted something that I was like, you know what, I shouldn't even kind of bother or whatever. But uh, it's it, yeah. it's gonna happen. Uh, I think I think the the other thing about that is like that this is now a clear new era Islanders team is like we 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 talk Islanders nostalgia on this podcast all the time. I mean, for most of this podcast existence, the Islanders were terrible. So it's basically only the only time we could like make light of the situation and laugh is talking about you know guys that were just footnotes in history and and now like those guys have like like even on Bates thing which we talked a lot about last year like that got that meant so much like in in convalescing this bringing this galvanizing this fan base to this point like the fact Mm -hmm. that those those guys like those moments are, are we wanted more of those like and that's why guys like Sean Bates and you know, the Kit Millers, the Mary Sharkowskis and Claude the Points, and whatever. Like, those guys, that's why they mean so much is because, like, they provided us with a chance, a moment, and to just, like, let it all out and to maybe, like, maybe go on a run with some magic to it. And now we're on one. So, like, hmm. it, like those moments now are are here. Like, there's there's been several of them. Like, in four years, we're going to look back and we're going to be like, man, that Jordan Eberle goal. And anyway, we're like, which one? <laughs> but, like, no, the, the one in, in game four went after the penguins looked like i i mean for 30 seconds they i was sure the penguins were gonna win that game six nothing because and and then and weirdly i i said to myself just remember what you said on the show is that you know you've been calmed down by the first penguin goal every time and i tried to calm myself down and before i could even do it jordan Everly was scoring and i was just, this guy's the best uh so like like these moments are happening now and and, and instead of you know where Sean, B- sure, like that's Sean Bates penalty shot, or, or the way Dubluitz, you know, Pope check, like those moments were celebrated at the time, and now they're 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 just basically very very little blips on the radar. We have much bigger ones now to just have forever, and that is, I think, you know, that that has a lot to do with like these kind of you know annoying people online who who have you know column inches and and bylines and think that that gives them the chance, you know, to to make people to be condescending and just basically be a prick. Is like they like the other people in, in like everybody else in sports, like they'd be, they'd kill to be the, the guy on this, this, on this bandwagon. Like they would love to feel what we're feeling. And the fact that they can't is where you're seeing like this insecurity come out. Like, man, like if, if, if you want to tell me that you, you know, you wouldn't be traded everything in, in your sports world to, to feel what it felt like to be inside Nassau Coliseum for one of those goals or to, to, feel what it was like to watch that puck slowly glide across the ice from Josh Bailey like you're wrong like you of course you would like that's what sports are like this is we said it the other day like this is what a sports are all about it's like these these opportunities and the Islanders are still on one and Hmm. good god they're they're just like why would you why would you never why wouldn't you be an Islander fan like how could you not (laughs) be an Islander fan how I've been asking myself that all day thank god for the Islanders (laughs) <laughs> and and, I, and for my whole life I, it was never that it was the exact opposite it was good god why the islanders and now it's thank god for the islanders.
0: <laughs> my my other thing too my feeling is uh you know I think a lot of a lot of people may kind of resist the idea of the islanders being better uh because if the islanders get better suddenly their teams start to look a little bit worse. And the reason I say that is because I'm, I think, a little tiny bit happy that the Oilers are still pretty bad (laughs) because for years and years and years, it was almost like, you know, you you could kind of compare these two rebuilds, and they both failed. I mean, let's be honest. They both have completely gone off the rails. Obviously, the Islanders-John Tavares era is over, and now this new era is on, and the Connor McDavid era is in dry dock right now because they spent their money stupidly. But, like, you know, if the Oilers start getting really good, and start it, piecing together a team that can win a Stanley Cup, all of a sudden everybody else's teams start looking a lot worse. And it's the same with the Islanders. Like, you know, if you're a Flyers fan, your team missed the playoffs, and hey, you know, stuff happens, what are you going to do? And they need to be fixed, I got it. But, like, if the Islanders go to the Eastern Conference Finals or the Stanley Cup Finals or, you know, win it or whatever, just, like, suddenly become a really good team, then that makes your team's path back to the playoffs that much harder. And they don't want that. So they're not going to like the fact that, the Islanders are getting better. That's just a theory of mine. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> I'm sure people yeah. would deny it. I, but, think, uh, I
1: also think they just they've they've missed. They don't. Un, and we said this forever. Like they don't understand. Like we're not. We're not just rooting for the team. Like this. Mm. This paper surface team. Like yeah. Like we are rooting for a sports team. But just there's so many layers behind it that right. we are rooting for And like things that we we have built up behind these guys. Yeah. And the coolest part of the whole thing. And that Matt Martin quote that you said in the beginning of the show, they know like they know exactly why Islander fans right. are the way they are. And that's why they like playing in front of us. And they are enjoying this ride as much as we are. And those people on the other side can't wrap their heads around it because it honestly would be impossible for them to. So,
0: yeah, I mean, we've talked about how, how many times how, how many times have the Islanders almost to exist. You know, like or they've been shuffled off to different arenas in different places and, you know, barely seem to be hanging on by a thread. The players know that and they and they know that we know that and they appreciate that we know that. And Yeah, there's the connection there. And like you said, with former Islanders, you know, I, I'm uh, I'm on Twitter and, and you know, being uh, happy that the Islanders won a playoff series. And who's whose tweet do I read? Adrian a coin. Because it was the same night that wow. the, the Blue Jackets swept their series with the Lightning, and here is a guy who played for both, and he's like, "Hey, I'm happy for these these both these teams." I'm like, "Hey, good for you, man! Nice to nice to hear from you again." So, uh, yeah, you know, it's been a, it's been a wild ride, but I think it, you know for the Islanders fan nation or Islanders country, I guess is the best way to put it. You know, it's 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 a great moment, and we should not lose sight of what it is and and enjoy it for for what it is, and you know, the, it's like a new a new mile marker, basically. I guess. <laughs>
1: That's great. Oh, coin. He would be great. He would be another one that would just get a gigantic yeah. ovation at, oh the, my God. At, at the game. And and I think, you know, that's that's the funny thing is uh, you know, pre pre playoffs when when that announcement came out about Barclays and whatever and uh the shuttle or not the fact they're shuttling games there for the second, third round. How it's just amazing how little it's mattered to Islander fans. Like sure, people are writing about it and like all the islanders are gonna have to make do at Barclays. I'm like, who gives yeah. a fuck? Like this, this is a second round yeah. of the playoffs, man. Like I would play. They could play, if they were playing. You know, at, at Madison Square Garden, if they were playing. You know, down the block for me, it would wouldn't matter. If they were in the second round of the playoffs, this doesn't happen yeah. to this team. Like I, I don't care. You know, and people are like who, who would you rather play? And sure, like I, I'll definitely give some thought to who I'd rather play. But at this point, I just want to play whoever's like more banged up. Like it doesn't matter. I would play. You know, I'd play the nineteen eighty Soviet <laughs> team. Like it's, it, it's, it's the. It's the second round of the playoffs. The Islanders are still gonna. they're Islanders are gonna be one of the last eight right. teams left in the yeah, NHL. Yeah, it's pretty wild. So,
0: I, I think, I think yeah. also people like they remember 2016, and that place got pretty loud. And I don't remember anybody complaining about yeah. Barclays Center at all throughout that entire playoff run. Like it was just, it was what it was. And you know, yeah, nobody complained. I mean, yeah, I mean the trains are still gonna suck, and there's, you're gonna buy crappy seats. I got it, but. You know you're in the you're in the building for a second round playoff matchup like that's just how it is and, and I think people were are gonna like it and you know I mean would we all prefer it at the Coliseum yeah but you know what when it comes to like TV setups and and suite sales and seats logically it it can only be in one place but I think the Islanders fans are gonna make that place what it was and and to be honest the the team itself won as many games at Barclays this year as it did at the Coliseum so. I think the players. I don't think the the coaching staff or the leadership of the team is going to make it a big deal. <laughs> I think Anders Lee yeah. is going to say, "No, we're playing at Barclays, and you guys are going to play there and play well." So.
1: And I've I've been loving Anders Lee uh-huh. so much with those like little vignettes yeah. after and games his and, and his his <laughs> yeah, his great hat. That hat is great. <laughs> He's another one. Like I mean, the Islanders are a handsome team, man. Anders Lee and yeah. Martin Val Philpolo, That's first team all handsome right there. Like. <laughs> good
0: yeah, God. i i agree i agree uh it's uh, it's i was uh answering questions from uh uh a friend of ours at uh, nux misconduct and he was like how great is Matt Barzell and i'm like we love everything about him i love his his style his hair his his cockiness he's great he's the best and when he when he uh basically froze out john Tavares at that that tribute video thing
1: it was even better. It was awesome, but yeah, no. he, he was awesome too. This series, man, yeah. he, he was—he he sure he didn't score. I do not he what he had four or five assists. He had, he had
0: five assists in four games. In and he, the best—the best, <laughs> best part—the best,
1: the part of the series was him getting just mauled by Brian Dumoulin and and retaliated because yeah. I obviously didn't like it at the time. But looking back on it now, I'm like, I'm glad that he did that because he showed like, maybe he showed like he'll retaliate or whatever. But, like, I'm happy he did that because he that that you can guarantee be guaranteed that that tape was shown to the ref and and the officiating crew like hey like this guy was getting beat to shit mm. and you guys didn't call it and then you called the retaliation so you know let's keep an eye on that going forward but like i just love the fire out of him uh mm. he was he was really mixing it up and uh, he was awesome i mean he any t- any chance he had against that that bad defense like when he saw i think he must have just loved seeing uh, Jack Johnson on the ice. Oh my ice.
0: god, he was going right after him. You yeah, could see, it was yeah. great.
1: I almost felt bad for Jack Johnson a little bit during the during the, the series, and then I stopped myself. But yeah, he was just awesome.
0: Well, he's they got three more years of him in Pittsburgh, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> it was a four year <laughs> contract, so yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, that was not a good scene. And I like when they're like, oh, they're going to insert him. And I, I did, I felt bad for Jack Johnson because they, uh, this is a total aside, but he had played all 82 games was, you know, a regular player for them. And then game one, he gets healthy scratched. And apparently he took it pretty hard. And Mike Sullivan took it pretty hard. Like He didn't want to scratch him, but I guess I forget who he put in. Oh, it was only Mata, I guess. And, And, you know, in fairness, like Mata had won two cups with the Penguins. So, like, it seemed like a pretty good idea, even though, you know, Mata had not had a great season. So, of course, what happens, the Penguins lose. Mata played very, very poorly in that game. So here comes Jack Johnson, and, well, he didn't help. Let's just put it that way. So. Uh, what a career that guy's had, boy. That's so yeah. odd. Anyway, uh, <laughs> that's, he's a whole podcast of himself. I'm Surprised there isn't one already. Like the <laughs> yeah, Jack Johnson be like, experience. Yeah, like
1: a yeah, like a Wondery or like Gimlet, like doing like a, yeah. a Jack Johnson one with like audio and like music and stuff and and a narrator and voice actors.
0: That's one for like for like a Kings fan to like because that's where it started. <laughs> yeah, and the whole thing, you know, and the whole the whole journey of Jack Johnson. Wow, that's uh, – that would, see, I think if that's – if you're out there, you want to make a, a narrative hockey history podcast, the, the journey of Jack Johnson. There you go. Credit me as an executive producer. It'll be all right. <laughs> uh, okay, so we have no game to talk about coming up because the Islanders don't have an opponent yet. And like I said off the top the hurricanes and, and caps are now tied cuz the hurricanes yeah.
1: uh, TJ Oshi went down hard
0: yeah that's yeah that looks uh, Officiating bad. in the playoffs it's the yeah, best right? there ever is yeah so we'll have to see uh what happens we'll, we'll definitely i mean once once that's set uh we'll we'll definitely talk so now that series is definitely going to go at least 6 games and game 6 would be on monday so uh that that pretty much gets us right up to where we would be anyway um but uh yeah, I it's uh it's now is a is a great time. Again, just right the same thing we said right up front like we don't get these opportunities very often to just sit back, relax, watch a bunch more hockey and know that your team has already advanced and honestly right now they have a better chance of winning a Stanley Cup than the Penguins, Lightning, Flames and uh Sharks, <laughs> like right yeah. now that's you know that's a huge huge thing, and we could just you know it's never going to get better than this, and you know, hopefully a week from now they pick up right where they left off.
1: Yeah, I think uh, Dom brought up a great point uh, on the site. He was like, you know, people are talking about, oh, you know, is the layoff going to hurt this team? And that this team is not that type of team that is like a form team at all. Like they will. This is a grind it out. Every game is yeah. treated very separately, and. Game planned for separately, so I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm really not worried about it. I, I'm, I'm looking at, at the, uh, the time off for the team is is definitely much more of a plus than a than a negative. Um,
0: yeah, they had two days off, which is rare, also, but uh, yeah, no, I mean, this team won that series essentially by saying every game is a new yep. game one, and so I expect them to take on the actual game one of the second round like that too. So hopefully they. They can do that. We'll see what happens. Uh, okay, uh, so uh, real quick, uh, again, no NHLNames.com NHL name of the week because we don't know who they're going to play, but we'll come up with something good uh, later on. Uh, SneakyAthletic.com, you should uh, go there, buy some stuff. Use Put anxiety in the discount code box. You save yourself 10%. Uh, they got some great stuff there. The GOAT, Matt Barzell is the GOAT, as we just said, so you should definitely get some cool stuff there. Put anxiety in the discount code box. You save 10%. Athletic. Uh, read Lighthouse Hockey every single day for your most up-to-date Islanders news and discussion. What else? What am I forgetting? I don't know. I don't think so. The uh, The awards show uh, finalists are starting to roll out. Uh, the Jack Adams is one of the last ones, so I think that's like next Tuesday or something like that. Um, but uh, the uh, Masterton will be soon, and King Clancy came out. and I wouldn't be surprised to see Anders Lee a finalist for that with all of his... Uh, cancer jam uh charities and other stuff he does so uh we'll have to see what happens there but uh expect robin leonard's name to pop up a few places <laughs> barry trotz's name to pop up at least one place that we know of so yeah that'll be pretty
1: cool. yeah that will be cool i know like i really like yeah. hall of fame discussions and all-star games and that kind of stuff i don't really get involved I, I just like i don't i i like the islanders just like too much like i like you know <laughs> you know like that much like uh the game to game stuff too much that i don't really care about but this year I've, of course uh will be mm. a little different because I can't wait to see, you know, what these guys come <laughs> away with. I still think I might just make a a vote for Rory Fitzpatrick kind of thing that I I feel like Val <laughs> Philpola or Casey Suzika should get the Rocket Rashard trophy because when you wait, <laughs> when you prorate their goals for who they're coming from, I think those two guys lead the league in, in, in goal scoring.
0: Yeah. Seems that way anyway. Well, Val Philpola still definitely leads the league in awesome goal scored. So yes. That's there you go. Sure. Um, but uh, yeah, actually, uh, yeah, this this year that incredibly awkward awards show in Las Vegas might be something we have to watch for once.
1: Is Jay Moore – Yeah, Jay Moore usually hosts
0: it. <laughs> that, that, I I they should just go with they should do an Oscars thing and just go without a host or yeah. or a PK Subban. No,
1: yeah, exactly. They should just have a player host it like like that like like a guy from and you know the, knowing the NHL they'll go with like Jeremy Roenick or something. But they should yeah they should really just have like a a player with some some personality do it. But
0: yeah. Well, there's only one player with personality, and it's it's PK Subban, and, and I think he did host it. I don't know. This is this is weird. <laughs> uh, we're getting ahead of ourselves here. But uh, anyway, tell everybody your your Twitter account again.
1: It's the Bigley Baskey with two E's.
0: You should follow Mike at the Big Baskey with two E's. He might regret some of his tweets, but we definitely do not regret any of them because they are great and, and they are very entertaining. You should follow him there. Uh, and we will be back when the Islanders will be back, <laughs> whenever that is. We'll figure it out. Uh, Sit back, watch some games, and uh, enjoy. Your team's in a second of the playoffs. That's pretty awesome. Thanks for hanging out with us, and uh, we'll be back uh, next week, I guess. All right, take care. Bye-bye.